Hey, good day, brethren. This is Lee from the Honor of Kings podcast. I uh, hope you guys are doing well. I thought I would just um, get on here, throw out a quick little message, a little update on uh, season two. We are proceeding. Um, I am in the works right now um, of getting some material put together. Uh, it won't be long before we start season two. And I have already completed a series on the trumpets. We're going to see what the Bible says about the trumpets, and we're going to use the Bible to break down the trumpets and get away from this Jesuit-led theology that we have out there that's telling us that this stuff means something different. So we're going to break down the real truth behind the trumpets. I am currently working on the um, cleansing the sanctuary, the 2300-day prophecy from Daniel. This will be the sanctuary study, the temple tabernacle study, that I kept talking about in season one. It's probably something I should have done in the beginning, but that one, uh, there is no substitute for understanding the sanctuary. If you want to understand the New Testament, if you want to understand the story of salvation and the story of Jesus, there is no substitute for understanding what the Old Testament, Exodus, Deuteronomy, and some of the other books say about the tabernacle and the sanctuary system. So we are going to look at that, and our end times are directly tied to that. I think this is what people don't understand. To understand Daniel and to understand Revelation to its fullness, you have to understand what happened in the sanctuary service with the high priests, because Christ became our high priest, right? So you have to look at the sanctuary, which is an earthly model of that which is in heaven. What transpired in that earthly tabernacle is the same thing, the same steps that Jesus is going through in the heavenly. So we're we're going to start with that series. Then we're going to go to the trumpets. And then on deck, um, I'm probably going to unveil the, the Nimrod series, which is the very first one I ever made, but never actually recorded it. Um, I think we're going to look at the Hegelian dialect and how... Islam and Christianity and all this are being used against us and how the how this is a created situation between the two religions and how Islam is actually an offshoot out of the Roman system and I know that's hard for people to believe but it's true uh, Muhammad his wife was basically a nun um, they came right out of the Catholic Church so we're gonna we're gonna go through all of that. Um, and how that Hegelian dialect works to funnel us into believing things that aren't true and then reacting. This will get a reaction that the enemy wants out of us that is against our own best interests. Um, Then I also have on the docket a Matthew 24 study. thing about um, Matthew 24 and various other parts throughout uh, the gospel and so forth when you read Revelation, you will understand that when you tie it back to other Bible verses, a lot of the stuff that's going on in Revelation is something that Jesus said in the gospel somewhere. And I don't think a lot of people really understand or realize that, but there are things that the Revelation is talking about is just a rewording of something Jesus said in the gospels. For instance, Jesus has the parable of the sower and the seeds. That is the first four horses of uh, the seals, the four horsemen. 
that goes back to the the seed that fell on good ground and, and stony ground and so forth. They, those directly equate to each other. Um, so we're going to do the Matthew 24 thing. We probably will do a series on Bible translations and why certain translations are better than others and how um, that our translations, where they stem from, what what is their original source information. So we'll probably do that. And almost certainly I'm going to do the Lost Ten Tribes of Israel. This is another one that... They will have you believe that people in Israel are not really Jews or they're from some other country. They're this, that, and the other. That the ten tribes of Israel, which were um, the northern tribe of Samaria, you know, where the northern kingdom, excuse me, of Samaria, those ten tribes that were taken by the Assyrians, they're people saying that they are completely lost to history. But I'm going to show you through scripture and through some archaeology, they're not lost at all. That that is all nonsense. But the thing, the point of all of this podcast, as has been stated many times before, is that our churches and our people on YouTube and and wherever else, these people are out there preaching Jesuit theology. This is counter-Reformation theology. And for us Protestants, we are supposed to be following Luther, Tyndale, and all these people are reformers. Jan Hus, you know, Jerome, these guys. But in reality, they've pulled the wool over your eyes. And the things that they're teaching our pastors in these seminaries is actually from Francisco Ribera, who is a Jesuit priest. And he wrote this stuff by command of the Pope to counter what Luther and them were saying. What was Luther saying? What were our reformers saying? They were saying that the Antichrist is actually the papacy. They believed this. And the papacy is like, okay, well, we can't have this. So we have to come up with something different. And so they they came out with this stuff. And, and our churches are teaching it. And so the point of this podcast is to get people into their Bible to see what the Bible actually says. Stop listening to men who are making, you know, these wild accusations and turning Revelation and various other prophetic books into some sci-fi movie. They're turning it into Avengers Endgame or something, you know, and it's it's not like that. So we have to have a, a understanding and things are based on the understanding of prophecy in the series that we've already done. When you start looking at the culture, at the the, the temperature in the room of our churches right now, we are fully engaged in the false prophet system. We closed the last season out, um, our last series anyway, wasn't our last episode, but our last series was the false prophet. It was the biggest series we've ever done, and we showed how um, the false prophet, the, the lamb with two horns that speaks like a dragon, is America. Um, Daniel gives us the roadmap for that. It, it's America with its uh, religious freedom and its uh, civil freedom. And those are the two horns. What the image of the beast will do, or what, how it will be created, is the second beast, the beast from the earth, American apostate Protestantism, 
will eventually gain the same powers that the Roman papacy had. They will have control of the church and control of the state. And we see this happening around us. You know, and I, I put together that false prophet series and I predicted that our churches will start getting involved in the legislative process more and more and more. That will be part of the joining church and state together. And it was just a week after I did that, that my own church were standing there peddling, voting on an abortion issue. Now, this kind of stuff sounds good to the believer that we want to get rid of abortion. Abortion's evil. You know, it's satanic. And I get all of that. But what people don't understand is you are now working against Christ. You're working against the church. And you are playing a role in the false prophet system. Um, so we are called to make disciples. We are to share the gospel. We are not to be political pundits. Jesus separated church and state when he told them to render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's and render unto God that which is God's. Jesus told us there is a separation between church and state. And so the fact is, when we try to force faith-based faith issues and we try to legislate faith, we are now working in our own power. We're not working in Christ's power. We're working in our power. We are trying to force changes. Yes. Is it a noble cause? Yes. But Christ is on the throne. And if we do as we're commanded, share the gospel, make disciples, things will work out. It's the gospel message that will change hearts. Hear that again. It's the gospel message that will change hearts when it, when it comes to abortion and other things. It's not legislation. Legislation cannot create believers. It'll have the opposite effect. It will force more people to hate God. The people that already want to do abortions and stuff if you take that if you if you start making laws against those people you force them away from Christ whereas if you can reach them with the gospel message they will turn away from this kind of thing on their own eventually now you're not going to reach all of them i understand that but the whole point is that the false prophet that is predicted in revelation the beast from the earth will take steps to it will do things to make an image of the papacy. And we are on our way with our churches getting involved in the political sphere. We are on our way to making that very image. And by the way, when the church, and you, you guys think it's good, a lot of believers think it's good that the church should be running the government. You think this is a great thing. There is never been greater persecution against the Christian than when the church led the state. When the papacy, the first beast, the beast from the sea, when the papacy had this power, Christians were persecuted on a greater scale than ever. We have to understand that. If we merge these two things together, we are creating the persecution that we're supposedly fighting against. Um, that's just the way it's going to be. 
And the whole image of the beast thing is just becoming so prevalent. It's not just with the voting. You know, there's other things that go on that people just don't recognize. We have um, people in our churches and in our, our pastors and things that are going to see these movies that are coming out. Uh, Jesus Revolution. Does, do you guys realize that Jesus Revolution is a story of a gay pastor who lived an unrepentant homosexual life? And we have our pastors saying, what a great movie. This is such a great movie. But it's we're, we're celebrating a man that maybe he did some good things. Maybe he spoke some messages. But we were celebrating a man who was living in full rebellion to God when he was doing these things. This is compromise. We are, we are starting to compromise. My church, um, they have a merch store now. And they use one of their shirts as a copy of a rock and roll tour t-shirt from a band. That is compromising with the world. This goes back to Revelation and the, the compromising church of Pergamos. This is what the Roman church did. When Constantine ended the second church area, the persecuted church area era, he created a new church, the Catholic church. Catholic meaning universal. This church would fuse Christianity with Western Roman Empire's uh, religion of choice, which was Mithraism. It was a compromise. It was where the church joined with the world. It joined with paganism. Our churches are doing that. We are called to be separate, holy, put apart from the world. We are to be in the world, but not of the world. We are not to be imitators of the world. But we have churches using 80s rock bands, uh, album covers, to create the artwork for their shirts. Um, that's, that's just not acceptable. It's not. And we have the, the and, and I've, already, I've already spoke on some of this before, we have the He Gets Us movement. He Gets Us movement is divisive. The colors that they use, the black and white and the orange, and they always highlight not He. Anytime we're talking about God, he is the focus of everything. But if you look at all their advertising, they don't highlight in yellow he. They highlight emotional words, anger, mistrust, pain, hurt, or whatever it's in their, in their slogan. <coughs> they highlight that. And the believer doesn't realize that they are tapping into your sense of self. They're, they're tapping into your sense of self. You go into your churches and they're playing Hillsong, Elevation, Bethel Music, those songs. They say Jesus, they say God, they say Holy Spirit, they say some of this stuff. But the way they're written and what they're talking about, you are worshiping self when you are into those songs and you don't catch on to it. You are in a false place of worship. Most people don't want to hear it that are in our churches today, but the creator is what we are to be worshiping. Revelation tells us to worship him that created the heaven and the earth and the sea and that which is therein. Worship the creator. 
It doesn't say worship his promises. And uh, we have a men's group at our church, and I see in the text thread that's constantly about his promises. That's all anybody talks about. It's his promises. They get you you go to sermons, you hear about the promises, you hear about the good stuff. The promises are great. They're they're to be encouragement, but they are not to be the reason we are worshiping, and they are not to be what we're focused on. We are to be focused on our Creator and living up to His standards and living holy as Him. And yes, we all fall short. I fall way short. You know, so I'm, this isn't a holier than thou moment, but, you know, Scripture says there's a warning. If I see it and don't blow the trumpet, the blood is on my hands. But if I blow the trumpet and you hear it, and you ignore it, the blood is on your own hands. And that's what's happening right now. I'm blowing the trumpet. Our churches are the false prophet system. And we just have to understand what nature are we worshiping in. And again, the stuff that nobody else, nobody wants to hear is that the Sabbath, it's Saturday. That's our day of worship and rest. It's not Sunday. That's a Roman-created setup. That started with Constantine when he merged paganism with the church. We That is not the day we're supposed to be doing this. And the Exodus 20, the fourth commandment tells us it is the seventh day of the week, not the first. And people say, well, not when once Jesus resurrected. Jesus resurrected that. Now it's about his resurrection day. It's not about it's not about the original Sabbath. The original Sabbath is a commandment written by the finger of God in stone saying it is eternal. It is forever. It doesn't change. You, The very same people that will deny the Sabbath are the same people that will also say God never changes. He's the same in the Old Testament as he is in the New Testament. And that's true. But they they have blinders on when it comes to this worship issue. If he never changes when he gave us those 10 laws, then those 10 laws stand. He, he never changes, neither do they. We did um, the Word Made Flesh was the last episode of last season. And in there we showed through Scripture how the Word Made Flesh means God's law, his moral law, was Jesus. Jesus came and lived that law perfectly on this earth. He was the Ten Commandments made flesh, the Ten Debars, the Ten Words of God made flesh. But see, we, we don't want to hear all of that. If you look at Hebrews, Hebrews is a beautiful book and it, it, it focuses a lot on the sanctuary and the tabernacle. And we're going to use it in our series here. You go to chapter 4. Chapter 4, Paul literally says, had Jesus given us a different day, we would have been told. It, it's just, I mean, it, it, it's point blank. Had Jesus given us a different day, we would have been instructed of it. So he says, therefore, the day, the Sabbath stands. Our apostles, they did focus on the Sabbath and they did practice the Sabbath. Um, people say, oh, no, they collected money on on the first day of the week. Therefore, the Sabbath will change. That's bula bula. 
Yes, they collected money on the first day of the week. That has nothing to do with the day of rest. You're not collecting money on a day of rest because you're resting and worshiping and, and so forth. So anyway, this this um, podcast is about breaking down these misunderstandings. Um, it's about showing the believers that really care about biblical truth and right theology, right doctrine. What does the Bible say, not what does uh, some superstar pastor say? What does the Bible say? That's what we're, we're focused in on. And this was never going to be something that's really entertaining. We're always going to have a limited number of people that actually watch or listen, excuse me. Um, we have found listeners all over the world. Praise Jesus. That is unbelievable. Um if we were talking about what Beyonce is wearing and who Taylor Swift is dating and uh, subjects like that, then we would probably have hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Um, but the fact is, I'm talking about stuff that people don't want to hear. Nobody wants to hear because Paul tells us in Second Timothy, people will heap up teachers that will tell them what they want to hear. We're told that in the end times, people will be turned from the truth because they will heap up teachers due, <coughs> excuse me, due to their itchy ears, and they will be turned to fables. They will be turned away from truth. That's where we are right now. And all of these Christians that really love Jesus are operating in the wrong spirit. So it's time, brethren. It's time for us to... Um, understand what scripture says, stop listening to what people tell us it means. That includes me. I'm just a guide. I'm taking you through scripture. I'm showing you where you can find the answers to some of these things. You have to look, for, look at it yourself. You can't just take my word for it and you can't take anybody else's word for it. You have to be able to rightly divide the word of truth. If you don't do it for yourself, you will be deceived. It's that simple. You will be deceived. I don't want that for you. You don't want that for you. Um, and most of all, most importantly, the Lord Jesus Christ does not want that for you. He wants you to get in to the word that he left for you as your protection. Everybody talks about the armor in Ephesians. The armor, the armor, the armor. I'm putting on the breastplate and I'm putting on the gauntlets. The single greatest thing that you have is the entirety of the 66 books of Scripture. That is your, that's your defensive wall. That's your castle. The armor in Ephesians is great. It's not complete. You need your fort. And that's what the Bible is. So I encourage you guys, whatever it takes, read your Bible. Listen to this. Get some ideas. Um, double check some of the things I'm saying. Go in there and dig it for yourself. Dig into it for yourself. See what you can find. Become knowledgeable and familiar with your Bible. This doesn't mean daily devotionals. This doesn't mean going to a Bible study where you take turns reading a verse and then 20 different people give 14 different answers about what a verse means. That is not a Bible study. That's not. It's a Bible reading. And it's a, it's a breeding ground for error. 
don't get trapped in that. You can you can participate in it because it's great for fellowship, but your study has to be serious. It has to be in the book. You have to be finding where is this. It's talked about in Romans, but where is this somewhere else in the Bible? Is this in Leviticus? Is this in Ezekiel? Where is it? Can I find it somewhere else? I need to see what else it says about this subject matter to make sense of it. That's what we all have to be. That's what we all have to be, and I'm trying to encourage it. So with that said, guys, just know that uh, that was kind of a rant, and really this was just an update um, to bring us to Season 2. And again, the very first series, the one of the most important series um, that I could possibly think to do is um, Cleansing the Sanctuary, Daniel's 2300-Day Prophecy. So we'll start with that. We'll follow that up with the trumpets. And then um, I guess I'll just let the Holy Spirit uh, nudge me one way or the other and to where we'll go from there. That is it. I hope you guys are all blessed. I hope you're in your Bible. We love you. Thank you uh, for being part of this. Thank you for loving Christ and loving the Word and loving truth enough to at least listen to this. Um, it's for you and it's for Christ. It's It's to get us in the place that we need to be. So until we uh, kick it off again, I would just say thanks again, everybody. We love you, and we will see you later.